We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of PogRX. I am your host, GamerDoc. Today on the show, we are talking about getting better at video gaming, but also getting better at every aspect of your life. Our guest is someone who is very near and dear to my heart. I feel like I say that about all of my guests. I guess I just have too many friends. But uh, we've got Connor Doyle. Connor is a big name in Evil Geniuses in the League of Legends. He has worked as a coach and now is working as a performance coach. He's seen things from multiple perspectives. So we're going to chat with him shortly. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys a little story. A little story. So I was going through some of my grandmother's things. She passed away about a year ago. And I was going through her things. And I found these newspaper clippings of myself. Right? Typical grandparents, typical family members. Newspaper clippings from when you were middle school, right? Student of the month or whatever. They they still have them. They held on to them. And, and now I have them. And I probably will throw them away because they're of me and not of a dear loved family member. But that is beside the point. I was really good at the high jump, um, which is funny because I'm 5'5". Five five and that's not the body type of a high jumper. But besides the point. But it's funny because if you think about the high jump. So the high jump. Everyone's seen it done. You run sideways up to a pole, jump backwards over it onto a foam pit. One time I, I missed the foam pit. That was super fun, but I had 16-year-old bones, and so nothing hurt. Everything felt great. But that's not always the way in which people jumped over the high jump, right? Think about it. So back in the early 20th century, they didn't have that foam pit. It was just like sawdust. So how people would do it is they'd run up to it straight on and they'd jump over it like a hurdle. So at first it started with this like scissor technique where they would jump up with one foot, get that foot over and then jump up and then the back foot would go over. Uh, and then it really morphed into more of what we see with the hurdle technique in modern day track and field. And these guys were, you know, getting... High, higher than you would think you could get if you were trying to jump a hurdle, like, you know, six feet tall. It's very impressive to be able to just, like, straight jump over. But absolutely nothing compared to what we have now. And so they're jumping over this high jump, jumping over these hurdles, and it's uh, the 1960s. And this high school kid is watching these Russian and United States athletes, and he's, he's saying, that seems dumb. That seems dumb. This does not seem like the most opportune way 
to jump over this high jump. And at the time, they subbed in the foam pit for the sawdust. So he's like, why are they landing on their feet? That seems stupid. I feel like if I just like hurdled my body over, like if I tried to do a flip over it, maybe that would work. So he goes up to the high jump, he, and he runs straight at it, and he tries to do a front flip over it. Hits his head. It's terrible. He does a terrible job. But then he says, oh, okay, okay. So how how can I jump over it? So he goes sideways. And he tries to do a front flip again. Same thing doesn't happen. So he's like, okay, maybe not a front flip. Maybe if I jump with my head first and, like, arch my back in a weird way, then that'll work. Well, comes up with this in high school, ends up setting a school record, ends up going on, going to college, and then wins the gold medal four years later for the high jump at the Olympics, right? This dude is looking at professional athletes, professional athletes, the best in the world, Russian and Americans at the time, and he's saying, I can do it better than them. I can change the way, I can change the way that we look at this and I can do it better. He might not even have been the first person to think of that idea that maybe we should jump over it, but he was the one who did it and he was the one who perfected it. And that is because the dude had an open mind. He had an open mind. He looked at a situation from different perspectives. He looked at a situation and said, how can we do this better, right? And he Maybe he was good at the high jump to begin with, the way, like the old scissor technique. Oh, the old scissor technique. But he said, how can I improve this? And there are so many aspects of our life where we could be having that mentality, right? But we don't try something new. We don't try a new way of looking at things. So we're stuck freaking running out of bar and trying to hurdle over it instead of falling into a soft zone pit foam pit and setting the Olympic record. Why don't why don't we try new things? Why don't we approach a scenario with an open mind and try new ways? Well, I think the number one reason is because we might have some marginal degree of success. Right? If you are decent at hockey, you aren't gonna try in a new technique, right? So if you are so fast that you beat people to the outside most of the time and you're able to get back around to the goalie in time to get a shot off, there's no reason for you to change your strategy. There's no reason to try and dangle through the middle. But what if that's the better strategy? What if you're playing against a defender who's just as fast as you? You've only practiced that one strategy, so you can't change the way you're approaching it in that situation. Right? You're finding a marginal amount of success in something else you're doing, so you don't change your mentality. And that's one of the biggest reasons, right? But why else? Why else don't we try new things? Why else don't we approach situations with an open mind? Well, some of them are, you had a bad experience in the past, right? You had a bad experience of trying something new. You embarrassed yourself. So I tried to pull a new move in hockey. I've been practicing this move where I pull it behind my back and then through my legs. Um, and I'm terrible at it. Absolutely terrible at it. But I tried it in three on three. And I remember because I was skating down the ice and this girl was on my inside and I was waiting for her to cut across so I could do my move. And I look up and I see three of my best friends standing at the edge of the ice looking at me, watching me play. And I go to pull my move and I missed the puck. The girl took the puck for me, skated it down to the other end and scored. As I'm making eye contact with my friends. It was, it was terrible. It was terribly embarrassing. It was, a, it was a terrible failure. 
And I have no incentive to try that move again in the game. I haven't. I haven't tried that move again in the game. I had a bad experience in the past. And now I'm afraid of doing it again. Right? Something bad happened when we tried something new. Therefore, we never try it again. Terrible. It's a terrible mindset. Who cares if I got embarrassed? Who cares if it didn't work? By mastering that skill, I'm going to get better at hockey, but I'm not going to try it because I had a bad experience in the past. So, I mean, but the thing is, is like having an open mind and, and trying new things, it makes you fundamentally better because it expands your tool set. I'm not saying go take what you know, throw it out the window, and only try a new way of looking at things. What we're saying is add to your toolbox. So let's talk about League of Legends for a second. So if you don't play or watch League of Legends, it's a video game, and you have these uh, different characters to choose from at the beginning of the game. And all of the different characters have different abilities and ways to play. And so if you couldn't just walk into a game and try a character that you've never done before, you would have to learn their abilities. It takes a while to master the champion. And so as a result, professional players have a pool of champions that they pick from. So maybe you have 20 champions that you can play really well, right? But what happens in League of Legends is the meta shift. So they're constantly coming out with patches, and in that patch, they try and balance the characters. So they'll buff a champion. So they'll, they'll, they'll add ability stats. They'll, they'll make them a little bit more powerful to balance them out. Or they'll nerf a champion. So they'll take the stats and they'll get rid of some of them to try and make them not as overpowered. Right? So the meta is constantly changing. And players, thus, are constantly having to switch between the champions they use. Because so say... A new champion comes out, Zeri came out recently and said, um, you know, this, this, this champion, whenever they come up with new characters, they want people to buy the skin. They want people to buy the characters. So they make them overpowered. So they made Zeri really overpowered. And as a result, everyone was playing Zeri, right? You had to learn that new champion. You had to get, get better at that champion. But then the next patch, they nerfed her. So she's not as good anymore. The players who had gotten really good at Zeri had to then switch to a different champion. That open-mindedness that, okay, the situation is changing, thus my response and the way I approach it is going to change. Why does that not apply to other areas of the game? Why does that not apply with your training schedule? Why does that not apply with your sleep schedule, your exercise schedule, right? That open-mindedness of the environment that I am in has changed, thus my response to it and my preparation to it must also change. Open-mindedness is one of the most important characteristics to being successful because it allows you to constantly adapt and adjust to the situation, expanding your toolbox, and then allowing you to respond to other situations better. Look at the way you are doing things and determine if it is the best way. Ask around and see how other people are doing things. Google it. And you will be surprised at how wrong you were. And not even wrong. That's wrong. That's bad to say. Not wrong. How much improvement you can have. Okay, another example. I feel like I'm talking about hockey so much. But I played goalie for the first time last night. So, well, there's that. Let's talk about hockey for a second. I was skating at a clinic. And the woman running the clinic goes, goes to me. She says, you're stopping the wrong way. You're stopping the wrong way. It's a stop. I'm not moving forward anymore. 
thus I am stopping correctly. She's like, no, you need to bring your leg further underneath you. That way, it is easier to start again. I'm stopping just, I'm completing my objective. But the way I'm stopping, it makes it harder for me to start moving again. Making my transitions more difficult, making it harder for me to react to the next play. Right? That one small change of where my foot is positioned under my body makes every single aspect of my game better. I wouldn't have known unless I would have went to a clinic and someone would have told me. There are thousands of these examples that we can find in our lives. Be open to feedback. Be open to finding new ways of doing things and you will exponentially increase your impact. And that's all I got for you. That's all I got for you. That is all I got for you. So I'm just so excited about this guest. So we are not going to do a PogRx uh, in the middle of the show. We're just going to do one at the end. So if you were waiting for that, just wait a little bit longer uh, but without further ado, I would love to welcome my guest. Connor Doyle is the performance coach at Evil Geniuses. He previously was an in-game coach and then, I mean, leveled up a little bit, in my opinion. Uh, so very happy to have him with us today. Connor, welcome to the show. As I previously mentioned, you were doing a whole bunch of performance work at Evil Geniuses. So um, welcome. How are you doing today? Thank you. Um, happy to be here. I'm doing great, as always. It's actually a cold day in LA today, so I'm hiding inside my apartment. Um, freezing, freezing cold, a blustery 55 degrees. How are you surviving? It's tough. I'm not sure. 55 in LA? Oh my God. That was like the first time I went there and it was 40 degrees or 45 degrees. And I was like, what? I'm surprised is the this? city was functioning at 40 <laughs> degrees. That's too cold for anybody. Barely functioning. Barely. It's like it's like when um bears hibernate, you know, their 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 metabolic rate slows down to like imperceivable. Yeah, you can feel that. The vibe of the city is very slow today. So, okay, you have a very rich background in esports, in league. Um, but I mean I guess my question for you is how do you Good sir, make players better. Mm. How do we make players better? I mean, it's a super, super broad question, right? And I think that the the four pillars of performance coaching are mental, physical, uh, hydration, and nutrition. So uh, those are like the big four. And a lot of times in esports, there's actually a lot of low hanging fruit that you can kind of like cut off when you're addressing these things. So uh, I mean, first in movement, I think baseline for these guys is you got to get their heart rates up like at least three or four times a week. Uh, research shows that only 15 minutes a day gets you like the max um, like brain benefits from exercise. And ideally, you can get their, their bodies moving for 10, 15 minutes a day. And that's kind of like um, step one. Uh, step two, I think for, for nutrition is you just have to, at least for like an esports uh, nutrition focused performance diet like a lot of our guys are actually struggling like getting the necessary calories that they need so um like making sure that they're not skipping meals like focusing on like whole foods over processed foods um making sure they're getting their macros like we don't need to be thinking of nutrition esports as like professional bodybuilders but we do need to make sure that they're you know like fueling their bodies correctly for performance um hydration is an easy one like it's literally the liquid that's like um lubricating all of your your organs your brain it it fuels your body and if you've ever felt the effects of like hydrating well for a week and then going without water like your body literally craves water when it's used to it but a lot of people uh, a lot of people's bodies are kind of used to running dehydrated so uh we need to get the hydration up and then um sleep uh, is is the final piece of the puzzle where uh if these guys aren't sleeping 
correctly uh, and sleeping enough and recovering well, uh, then we're going to see drops in performance immediately. And also we're going to see drops in performance over time. Like I think the the big reason they need to be sleeping so much is because their schedules are so intense. Yeah. Uh, d depending on the game, they're traveling internationally or traveling domestically and, and their their schedules are managed um, you know, in months at a time with very little time off. So because of this, you have to be really intentional about your recovery and getting the nine hours of sleep and, and making sure that you're, you're hitting those goals is, uh, is the foundation. Uh, and then from there, I guess it's very individualized. Uh, it's kind of a, a long answer, but you hit the foundation first, and then once you you get that, then it's kind of up to the player and where they want to engage with you about their own kind of performance mix. So sleep is really important. You're supposed to get eight nine hours. How many hours of sleep do you get? I get around eight and a half nine hours of sleep. I go to bed before eleven most nights and wake up with the sun before seven. So I'm getting a little over eight hours without an alarm. I was trying to trap you, and then I was going to talk about, like, barriers to implementation, and then you were just like, no, I actually practice what I preach. So, you know, I'm just yeah. going to not go down that process, and I'm going to say I'm proud of you. Thank you. I mean, anecdotally, this sleep schedule makes me feel the best. I've tried a bunch, and for me, going to bed early and waking up early, I, I'm just, like, functioning 10 times better. I know that some people don't do that, and I think there actually is research that supports, like, the idea of being like a morning person chronotype. or like a, a night person. Yeah, chronotypes, right? So I think that for me, I love like that natural circadian rhythm. Waking up with the sun feels super good. I mean, that's the play, right? The thing is, that is the play. And we we all know that's the play. We all know we should be going to bed earlier. But but getting that buy-in and, and even for yourself, right? Because it's like, it's 10 o'clock and I want to watch an episode of Euphoria, right? I don't want to go to bed. I don't want to get in bed. So for you personally... And I guess with your work with players, how mm. do you get that buy-in? How do you get that step where it's like, I know in theory this is good, yeah. but now I'm actually going to practice it? So tricky. I, I think for me, it's a it's actually a good example of a mental skill. I do this accidentally. I didn't even realize I was doing it. But the way I get myself to go to bed is I visualize how bad it will be the next day if I don't. <laughs> so like... I'm not thinking of like how good I feel right now and how like good the TV show is. I'm imagining myself being like tired at work and like dragging through the day. And like that kind of motivates me to go to bed and do the right thing. So it's an imagery exercise. Um, but you're right. If somebody doesn't really recognize that sleep is important and they don't recognize that like their, their sleep schedule, their bedtime is important, then it's going to be super difficult to actually engage with them about that. Um, I think it's going to start with building self-awareness, right? And you really want to start tying into how they feel on a daily basis with how they slept the night before. And we're going to just start to build that connection. So every day, just engage with them about their sleep. You know, hey, you know, they, they say John, you know, like, hey, John, like, how you doing? Like, how you feeling? He's gonna be like, I feel okay. And then right after he says how he feels, you ask him how he slept the night before, right? And then boom, you do that every day. And now you're starting to build the connection in the player's mind that how they feel in that moment is directly related to how they slept the night before. And you start engaging with them in that dialogue and just building that communication channel to we're now on a daily, weekly basis, we're now engaging about sleep and how we feel. And then if we can see a pattern of like, you know, I'm feeling crappy because the guy's not sleeping, then we can say, you know, man, like, look at this pattern. Like, you're not sleeping well. You're feeling like shit. Like, what if I showed you all of this research and suggested this one thing? And then if you can get like a little bit of, okay, fine, I'll try this one thing. Like, that's where you got to nail it because a lot of times you kind of only get that one shot to convince a skeptic. So once somebody does let their guard down and is now letting you work with them, like don't, don't mess up, like give them an effective solution in that moment. One shot, one opportunity sees everything you ever wanted. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and, and I love that because it's, it's 
you know, we Taylor Johnson, who we are both big fans of, always says Huge fan. success leaves clues. And taking that where I felt I slept last night and I feel better today, that association sometimes isn't easy to come by unless you're looking for it. So having someone on the outside say, hey, you know, you feel better. You slept well. You've said that four days in a row. That Do you think there's a correlation there? Because scientifically there is. It's that yeah. it's finding the clues that led mm-hmm. towards your success. So I, I love that just intrinsic association, immediate yeah. association. I'm going to start using that with my wife. Yeah. It, it's super cool. Like I think one of the most powerful like management and coaching tips I ever got was like the best form of management and coaching is like the perfectly timed question. And like I, I, I believe that like to my very bones. And like in this situation, like you're asking and engaging with him about how he feels, and then you hit him with a question: How did you sleep last night? And it's the timing of that question that's starting self discovery and self awareness. So mm-hmm. you know, think about these concepts in all aspects of performance coaching too. Like engage with them about this subject and then ask them a question and time that question well and really start working on that self-awareness um you know it's not about what we tell them it's really about what they're going to figure out for themselves yeah i mean i completely agree with you on that one okay so along those lines who impresses you in the lcs most right now it can be a team or a player who impresses you the most Hmm. Who impresses me the most in LCS? So I can say, like, any team, any player. And if you are listening to this and you know Connor or work with Connor, just because he says one person doesn't mean you're not impressive too. <laughs> Remember that. Yeah, it's it's so funny. Like, I, it, during the season, I'm so focused on EG and what EG's doing. So, like, I don't really have a good awareness of the other systems yeah. that the other good. teams are using. Um, Like... I think that one thing that has impressed me so far um, at EG is just like the willingness of our guys to kind of like do things a bit differently than they did before. And even some of our older guys like uh, like Impact. Uh, Impact has really impressed me this year just with how um, much he's applying himself to like these performance things and like out of game concepts uh, in ways that in ways that maybe he never has before like there i just had a conversation with impact the other day where um you know we were talking it was his off day so we were doing um like an optional hike i was taking the guys hiking and like impact messaged me late in the afternoon he's like oh i, I just slept like 12 hours like sorry i missed the hike but i'm feeling good and i was like amazing like gave him some positive reinforcement like i'm glad you slept well and like we started talking about sleep and stuff um and he told me that you know, he wasn't really sure like what changed and he was kind of just like, it was like random. And I was like, well, like, did you do anything different? And again, like, it's that perfectly timed question. Like, perfectly what did you do different? Question. And then he, he started thinking about it and he's like, well, he's like, I guess I didn't play ranked at 1am last night because he was tired. We had just yeah. lost that, that game. And so he was tired, didn't want to play. So he didn't go home and play. And what that means is like his brain is now relaxed and like ready to go to sleep uh, in a relaxed state where it used to be just pumped full of cortisol and adrenaline at 1 a.m. And when you're full of cortisol and adrenaline, you're not sleeping. And so I just gave him a little bit of, again, positive reinforcement. So, you know, you're a smart guy. You're probably, you know, hit the nail on the head. Like you should do this more. Grind hard during the day and then grind your sleep at night. And I think that is a shift for him where now he's becoming as serious about his recovery and as serious about his sleep and his performance as he is about his practice. Because impact is like, he's a consummate professional. You really can't ask for anything more from him. And now he's even willing to apply himself to these things and like keep an open mind. And it's such a great example for, for the younger guys on our team too. So been super impressed with impact so far this season. 
Totally. And, and we, we, as coaches and as, as staff members and as people who interact with these players, sometimes we fall into the same habits we try and dissuade in our players. So when you, when you have a veteran player who does things the way that they do, sometimes people can be like, ah, they're not going to change. Ah, that's the way they are and they're not going to change. When in actuality, a lot of these players are really interested in learning. You just need to back it up with facts and back and, and back it up with the perfectly timed question. So you going in and making these changes with these veteran players is something that other people might not even attempt. Mm. So, I mean, it's yeah, cool. I mean, and it is tricky. I think you, you can't push too hard and you have to meet yeah. them where they're at too. Like they're, everybody's a bit different and nobody wants to be told like what they've been doing like is wrong especially when they've been so successful <laughs> their whole career doing what they're doing so like you, you, you know you have to be creative with your framing and i think like just engage with them out of like kindness and compassion and really get them to understand that like you give a fuck about them as a human and like you're like literally trying to help them feel better and by helping them feel better you're going to help them play better too and by helping them feel better and play better you're going to help them play longer and like you're doing it because you care about them and like always engage with players from like that like genuine place of care, I think is super important because if you treat them like a performance tool and you're just trying to you know wring this the blood out of the stone, like they'll they'll feel that you know. And I, I think it's important that um, we're doing these things for the right reasons. Yeah. And uh, performance coaching is about holistic wellness. Like there there is no such thing as performance without wellness. And I think that's important to keep in mind. One hundred percent. And we always say on the show, it's not about being a better gamer; it's about being a better person. And yes. all of the things that will make you a better person just happen to make you a better gamer. So there you go. All right, last question. If you decided you wanted to go to medical school, went four years to medical school, came out the other end, and you had a prescription pad. And on that prescription pad, you're going to write one thing. And that is something people at home who maybe want to mm. make it into the LCS, maybe want to be pro gamers, they can do today to make them better at gaming tomorrow, what would that one thing be? Google, I don't know, like mindfulness or self-awareness or meta-thinking, metacognition, any one of those words and just start thinking about self-awareness because, um, you know, the quest for improving at anything has three facets. The first is you're looking for new information. So if I don't know how to play the violin, I'm going to learn. I need to watch somebody play or read about it. I have to figure it out. After that, I have to practice it. I'm going to try. So I'm going to try and play the violin. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm going to fuck it up. I'm going to make mistakes. And then after, I'm going to think about what I did, reflect on that, make changes, and then try it again. And that process at the end of reflecting on what you did, making changes, intentionally trying it differently the next time, and then reflecting again, that's a process on how you improve in everything, whether it's a video game, the relationship with your mom, the relationship with your girlfriend or boyfriend at your job. It's always going to start with your self-awareness. And there's skills that you can do to build this. Um, and there's available for free online. And there's there's tons of resources for this. Like there's tons of apps, there's tons of websites. So I'm really not going to tell you which one to use because a lot of them are good. And it's really about what you like. But if you're serious about improving yourself, becoming a professional, or even just living like a, a better, more effective life, like if you just want to move through life happier and more effectively, then you, you need to work on your self-awareness and just becoming more aware of why you're thinking what you're thinking um, and just always having the intention behind the action not reacting to stimuli but actually being yourself and choosing how to respond in any given situation so i would research self-awareness and practice it every day and that's how you'll improve at anything i love it i love it so much because i just the older i get the more i realize that life really isn't that complicated it's about 
being aware of who you are, being true to that, being kind, and then communicating yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. And the, the, the scary thing is, I'm not scared. The cool thing is, is that the pattern, like you said, is going to help you with everything. It's it's like sports and business, like the, the more I work in business after being in sports, like my whole life, like it's the same. Yeah. The lessons that you learn in sports, like you can apply to business and the lessons you learn in business, you can apply to sports the same way the lessons you learn in your life, like you can apply to your game and then the, the lessons you learn in your game, you can apply to your life. Yeah. Uh, everything really is transferable. Yeah. It's, it's funny because people will reach out to me and be like, I don't follow video games or esports, but I like your podcast. I'm like, okay, cool. Because <laughs> it's like exactly what you said. It's like applicable to everything. All right. Well, yeah, like, what were you going to say? Go ahead. No, no, nothing else. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say we're running out of time because we have to fit into a nice little half an hour spot hmm. on TV. Uh, okay. But it has been an absolute pleasure having you on this show, Connor. Um, so your Instagram or your Twitter handle has been below you this whole time. But is there anything else you want to call attention to? Any like call to action you have for our viewers at home? Call to action. I mean, I think for me, it's about... Um, just be, for me, like I, I try and give out good energy. I try and be a net positive with my energy every day. Um, and that's kind of my call to action to you. So just be aware of the energy you give out um, in your interactions with people and just try and be a net positive. So if it's the guy you're buying gum from or if it's the, the person that crossed me on the bus, just be aware of the energy that, that you have and, and just think about how you interact with the world and try and be a net positive for the environment around you. And I think if you do that, I think you'll find your day just feels a little bit more fulfilled. How much gum do you buy? Not much. It's a good example. <laughs> it's a good example. It's a very good example. All right. Well, Connor, thank you so much for joining us. And Thanks have for having a wonderful... this was a blast. Yeah. All right. Have a good day. All right, y'all. Connor wants you to take that scrutiny, that lens of awareness you put on others that we are so critical of, and turn it on yourself. And you don't have to be critical of yourself. Just think about the actions. You know how, like, when you would have a crush or you, maybe you still have a crush and when you're around each other, you digest everything that they're doing and then you lay in bed at night and you think about what they said and how they said it and how they looked and did they mean this by that and this by that. Apply that to yourself. Why are you doing the things you're doing? What's your motivation? What makes you happy? What doesn't make you happy? What are you good at? Right? Learn about yourself. Become self-aware. It's one of the most beneficial qualities a person can have, and it'll help you everywhere in life. I hope you have learned something this show, and as always, thank you so much for joining us. I am GamerDoc. You can follow me on Twitter at GamerDoc underscore. Have a happy and healthy week. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this show. For more information, follow GamerDoc on Twitter at GamerDoc underscore. And please remember, nothing in this video is medical advice. Yes, I am a doctor, and yes, you may need help. But this is the internet, and this is for entertainment and informational purposes only. Thank you, and have a very nice day. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamins. 
The ingredients are 100% traceable. It's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast.